This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Investing lesson number one, don't pay for lessons. TD Ameritrade's education is free. Choose from articles, videos, webcasts, and more. Everything you need to take your trading to the next level. Visit tdameritrade.com education. Member SIPC. It's Wednesday, March 27th. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we have the one, the only Motley Fool Analyst, Bill Mann. Bill, how are you doing? It's just you and me. It is. I'm doing great, Mac. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How, how are you feeling right now? If you had to characterize your mood, would it be cautiously optimistic? Would it be very optimistic? Would it be filled with regret? <laughs> Always, always regretful and remorseful. Though, if we're talking specifically about the markets, I am cautiously optimistic, which I think ultimately is the only place where investors ought to be. Okay, good. I like that. Well, that is a nice launching off point because we are are going to be talking about the market. We're also going to be talking about why Facebook and Google paying their bills isn't always such a good thing. We'll get to that, and we'll talk some Tesla tweets. But we begin with Southwest Airlines. On Tuesday, a Southwest 737 MAX made an emergency landing in Orlando due to an engine issue. Now, Bill, only two crew members aboard, no passengers, so that's the good news. Mm. On Wednesday, Southwest announcing that they're cutting their first quarter forecast due to, yes, the grounding of their 737 MAX fleet. Southwest, the first airline to report an impact on earnings from the 737 MAX. Yeah, this is such a hard story, and and I don't want to make the slightest amount of fun about it, because 346 people have died in two separate crashes with with the 737 MAX, and we don't know what all of the answers are, and we don't know why, but it is important to note that companies like Boeing, the airline companies, operate in what you would call a zero-defect-tolerance environment. You can't have things go wrong in the air and have them say, oh, sorry, you know, something happened, we'll get it right next time. So there are a lot of questions about how and the you know and the process by which the 737 was approved for flying you know whether Boeing cut some corners in terms of making sure that it got up as quickly as possible. It's a very, very important program for Boeing because they were coming up against some real competition from Airbus for super you know for super fuel efficient planes. And you know this is a this is a big deal for Boeing. It's obviously a big deal also for the scores of airlines that have bought the 737. The 737 is really essentially the main platform for for short and you know medium haul flights. So there are a lot of questions out there right now, um, and we're going to get some some uh, answers uh, from the Ethiopian officials about the crash that happened uh, two weeks ago in Ethiopia with a, uh, a Boeing 737. Uh, essentially, every country on Earth now is, you know, with, has been grounding their, their, their plane. So, this is, this is a rough developing story, but, the, but it doesn't look that good for Boeing. Uh, the airlines will get some blowback. And uh, I've seen for the f- first you know, for the first time, people were using the words "regulatory capture" to uh, to discuss how it is that Boeing got this plane up into the air with uh, with the system that had not been checked. Yeah, that's one of the things right now. Um, in fact, Congress, I think, as of today, um, investigating. We've got hearings on that relationship between FAA and Boeing. 
um, pretty cozy relationship. Well, if you think about it, uh, yeah, and and regulatory regulatory capture is something that happens in 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 a bunch of industries, but I can't think of one where you know more than aircraft, where in the United States there really is only one massive player and then a bunch of a bunch of smaller ones so you could see exactly how Boeing and the FAA would have to uh, for 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 better cooperate very closely but in this you know in this case pilots got no additional training on this uh, you know on on this uh, this warning control they got no or what's called the stall prevention system. Uh, airlines had to pay extra to get a sensor uh, installed, and a lot of airlines didn't choose to do it. You know, you could blame the airlines, maybe, but they didn't necessarily know that this was a huge or you know even a substantial change in protocol. Yeah, because it seems to me, Bill, when when you, when you think about all that, especially given the loss of life. And and all of the attention, the, the the bad attention, the negative attention that Boeing's getting, it's not in their interest to cut corners. That's the thing that baffles me. I mean, it, it, and 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 I I think as analysts we want to say, hey, we have the answers all the time, and I, and I think for companies they want to be seen to have all of the answers all the time. But you're talking about a new piece of safety equipment, and the you know the best explanation that I can come up with is that they just didn't. Realize maybe that this was such a such a a change in their uh, you know in in the engineering. But the whole reason it's there is because the new seven thirty seven Max have such larger engines that they knew just from the aerodynamics that in certain environments that it would be harder to fly. So I don't find the really benign explanations to be all that credible. And when you think about the airlines and bringing it back to Southwest. What do you think about investing in the airlines right now? You know, you've had a lot of consolidation in re- recent years, yet historically not been a great investment. Yeah, I'm actually pretty positive on on certain airlines right now. We've talked in the past about uh, about my love for owning, but not necessarily flying Spirit Air. <laughs> um, yeah, I the the airlines it is a different environment than it than it used to be. And Spirit in the past. is a discounter, right? Spirit is a discounter. Bill, Bill Mann does not fly discount. Is that? Well, well, I am six three, so <laughs> I, you know I'm not exactly built for the twenty eight inch, you know, the twenty eight inch seats and things of that nature. So let's Chris just cross applesauce. That's right. From a from <laughs> yeah from 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 a structural perspective, I'm not exactly their target customer. Okay. Well, speaking of structural perspectives, time to talk inverted yield curve. That is a terrible segue. <laughs> That is no good at all. That's my signature. (laughs) Okay, Bill, last week, the yield on the 10-year Treasury dipped below the yield on the three-month Treasury note. Now, that was the first time that's happened since 2007. Yes. So, voila, we now have an inverted yield curve. Now, Bill, if people are hearing that phrase for the first time or they've heard it, they don't really have a sense of what it's all about. 
why all the fuss? Well, uh, the inverted the, the yield curve is basically you know as it as, as both of those words suggest how much money the average investor demands to get in return for loaning its money you know loaning its money to the U.S. government for a certain period of time any anywhere from three months to uh, to to ten years, uh, and the generally a regular yield curve. The longer you're loaning, the more you want in return. So there are periods of time in which you will see the yield curve, you know, the yield for uh, shorter duration notes rise above the uh, you know longer term. And usually speaking, that doesn't it doesn't make any sense, right? You would just simply expect that the longer you lend, the more you want back. So uh, it generally happens when people are expecting a a change in the short term. Now, uh-huh. yeah, over the last seven the last seven recessions. In advance of each of them, including, as you said, this one from 2007, and I hear that things weren't very great after that, uh, there has been a, the recessions have been um, preceded by an inverted yield curve. Now, it's important to say that the reverse isn't true. There have been a bunch of false positives. Okay. And I think in this case, the thing that people need to, to pay attention to is the fact that overall rates, the the absolute base of the rates is still extremely low. So it's a different environment. Okay. So it can point to a recession, but it's one data point for investors. It's a data point for investors. But keep in mind, this isn't just a data point. This isn't some ratio. This is actual real life. How much money do you demand to to borrow, you know, to lend? How much money do you have to pay to borrow? So there are some real world implications for it. But I think the fact that there are as many interpretations for what the inverted yield curve means as there are people uh, putting out opinions about them uh, should suggest very strongly that that people don't really know. But it is because it is uh, something that doesn't happen that often and does happen before recession. People do pay attention to it. And is there a Bill Mann recession indicator? Do you have any proprietary indicator or something that you look at and say, you know what, you know what doesn't get enough attention is blank. Is how many boxes end up on my front doorstep because uh, because my wife has been shopping. So you're welcome to drive by. No, okay. I'm sorry, honey. We Maybe can. I should have gone there right now. <laughs> we can edit that out. We can. No, uh, no. I, I tend to think of most of the indicators that people look at as being meaningful, but not necessarily being uh, being all of that predictive. You know, I pay attention for the markets. You know, we 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 pay attention to the amount of money that's on the sideline versus the amount that's you know that's that's in the market at any given period of time. Um, yeah, uh, I, the, the the yield curve is important. I don't want to sound like I'm saying, "Hey, people are just sort of making this up." Right. Uh, but it, you know, so it is something to pay attention to. And eventually, there will be a re- recession, and I can nearly guarantee that that will be preceded by the yield curve inverting itself. We just don't know that it's necessarily this time. Okay. Well, before we get to our next story, I want to mention that this episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. I'm a TD Ameritrade user. Bill Mann, you are as well, correct? As a matter of fact, my kids' college money is in TD Ameritrade accounts. Well, there you go. Well, when it comes to investing education, one size doesn't fit all because everyone is different, like thumbprints, fingerprints, snowflakes, 
Everyone's different, Bill Man. Dog noses. Dog noses. And whether you're just starting out or an elite trader, TD Ameritrade's education gives you what you need to learn on your own terms. Choose from articles, videos, webcasts, and in-person events. You'll even have access to education coaches. That is awesome. Everything you need to take your knowledge to the next level. Start today at tdameritrade.com slash education, member SIPC. Okay, Bill, in an interview on Wednesday, Tesla's new chairman, Robin Denholm, says that Elon Musk, you've heard of him? I have heard of him. There you go. She says that Tesla founder, CEO Elon Musk, that he uses Twitter wisely and that he poses no corporate governance challenges. <laughs> okay, let that just register. Now, Denholm became chairman in November, and for those of for those who may just be catching up with this story, in August, Elon Musk tweeted that he had secured funding to take the company private. Now, that tweet caught the attention of the SEC. Um, a settlement was reached in September. But, Bill, what do you think about her statement that <laughs> Musk uses Twitter wisely? I am so glad that Baghdad Bob has found a, uh, found a new job as the, uh, as the chairman of the board of Tesla. She also said, I've been losing weight. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mac, you're very attractive. <laughs> I, I find this simply amazing. That uh, I, I mean, I don't know what else she would say, but this seems the kind quit of, using Twitter. Quit using Twitter, but in public, <laughs> I think that you know probably her best uh, her best course of action would be to not bring this up, right, and not bring attention to the fact that he is supposed to have his tweets reviewed by someone who knows if he does or doesn't. But it matters because a month ago he put out you know he put out one that was factually incorrect that he then corrected, and I know having been in a regular in a regulated environment here at the Motley Fool, that's not the way that works. <laughs> everything that we do, everything you know, was very, very closely considered. We just did not at all ever want to do what I describe as ringing a dinner bell at the SEC. But he doesn't seem to care. So you know, I guess in, you know you can either. In her, in her role, I don't know what else she would say, but I think nothing may have been the best uh, course of action. Yeah, questionable, questionable decision. Well, Bill, we're going to close with what I know is one of your favorite stories because you you came by yesterday and you 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 pointed this story out to me. I cackled. It's, oh, it's 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 tremendous. I'm going to read the headline straight from Boing Boing, and I'm going to let you put some meat on the bone here. Here's the headline. Man stole $122 million from Facebook and Google by sending them random bills, which the companies dutifully paid. <laughs> can we start... Can we start with the fact that this is $122 million? So, so not insignificant. Not insignificant. So, how did this scam go down? Well, so he's a, he's a Lithuanian man. His name is Evaldus Rimaskauskas. Evaldus Rimaskauskas. We're going to go with that. Thank okay. you. <laughs> I said it right the second time. Um, and he basically figured out that there was a, a large Taiwanese com uh, computer company that was one of their was one of their largest vendors. So he founded a company by the same name 
but in Lithuania and got all of the documentation, forged all of their corporate identities and just started sending invoices. So they got into... Which is illegal, we should point out. We should point out that this is at least heavily frowned upon. Yeah, we're not sanctioning this. No, not at all. But here's the amazing thing. So uh, besides the $122 million, so he got caught. He's going to go to jail for about uh, upwards of 30 years for wire fraud, and he has to repay $50 million. Okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I thought you just said $50 million, and in my read, I said he stole $122 million. This is exactly what I'm saying. Okay, the so fine. The, <laughs> so, so some quick back of, back of the envelope, $72 million. How is this not getting focused on? Oh, my gosh. $73 million he doesn't have to pay back. Okay. Which I mean, you put it, you know, put the time in jail now. So, I'm sure Michael Avenatti, who just is, you know, who just got picked up for trying to defraud Nike for a couple million dollars, is going. Gosh, I wish I thought of that. Yeah, that is great. Yeah, he may be involved in this. On <laughs> we don't know yet. He's going to be involved in the next one, I think, perhaps. Oh my gosh! Well, there you go. So Facebook and Google just. Spend a little more time, I guess, on the bill paying. But I mean, yeah. how, how do you know if he's forging the letterhead and all of that? Yeah, I actually, I mean, you know, obviously there is a process by which bills get paid, and they he did go after that them in a fraudulent way. But I don't know when I when I pay my bills, I check to you know, I check to be where they're being sent. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I just picture someone like writing a check. And then looking at the address, yeah. you know, on the letterhead, and <laughs> it saying, could oh, be I in Latvia, so. yeah, you know, <laughs> or Lithuania. You know, maybe they should switch to some sort of electronic bill payment. That's, That's what right. I'm thinking. I mean, they're Facebook and Google. That's Come right. on, <laughs> use like PayPal or something. <laughs> the war on cash. All right. Okay, so you know, it's a little unfair. I always wrap up with the desert island question, where I take all the stocks we've mentioned, and I say, if you were on a desert island, which of course you're not, but if you were, and you were going to buy one of these stocks for the next five years, which one would you buy? And it's not the way that anyone should invest. <sighs> so, But you know what? We're going to do it. Um, I think I want to buy stock in this guy. There you go. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's true. That could be an option. You've got Bo- you've got Boeing, you've got Southwest, you've got Google, Facebook, Tesla, or this guy. I, I, I actually am going to stick with uh, with with Southwest of these companies. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're or Google. Google pays its bills on time, apparently. So that's yes. you know that's 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 good news. You know what? I I will I'll switch. I will say Google slash Alphabet is the is the desert island company. Though I do hope they are somewhat more careful with their accounts payable department in the future. Okay. Well, duly noted. You can always email us with your opinions, your questions, your thoughts, your feedback. Marketfoolery at fool is our email. Marketfoolery at fool Bill Mann, thanks for joining me. Glad to be here, Mac. As always, people on the show may have interest in this stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Matt Creer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.